For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. And it is us. Those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, Little Springs Golf Club, Walcott, Colorado, and uh, a special guest coming on with us today, James Palmer from Palmer Golf. You're out there somewhere in the middle of Long Island, right, James? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's so beautiful out here. We've got it looks like a hurricane coming in or something, but <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. I just heard this morning Hurricane Lee has turned. And it's not going to harass Florida. It's not going to harass the Carolinas. But they say from from Nantucket up to Maine, batting down the hatches. Yep. It looks like it's just going to come around us a little bit. We'll just hit the edge of it. It'll just be heavy rains. Mm. And how how hard is that now to uh, squeegee the greens and pump out the uh, the excess oh, water, man? I, I don't remember us getting this much rain the last few summers. It, it was funny to see the course superintendent out there a couple of weeks ago. We had a bunch of a lot of rain. He's out there with squeegees barefooted on the greens, <laughs> just <laughs> off of our practice green where we teach. And he's he's like squeegeeing everything off, and he's looking at me, just shaking his head, going, <laughs> "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> yeah. So Harbor Links is a great place. I've been there a couple of times to visit James. Um, really nice golf track. Uh, really good piece of property all around. Now, the people up there uh, in Long Island really have a gem. And it's kind of off the beaten path a little bit. It's up, you know, you're looking right out over the over the sound, aren't you? Yeah. If you, you know, there, there's a couple of spots where you look across the way mm-hmm. and you can see the, the other side. You can actually see a couple of the clubs on the other side of the bay there the sound so that's good to see we used to have this big i don't know what it was electric plant or whatever waste plant who knows what it was and uh, they used to have like these two smokestacks sticking up in the air and then just one day that whole thing was gone it was like oh we're <laughs> and uh so there's something going up there some sort of condominium complex or something like that being built so that's good to see better view man there are probably well i'm not i'm not going to guess but I'm sure you know there there are multiple golf courses on Long Island. I mean, there are a lot of them. And what what kind of what, what's the average greens fee? Because with the with the property values and the property taxes up there, it's it's gonna yep. cost phenomenal amounts of money just just to maintain a golf course up there. Yeah, I mean, like right where we're located, we're situated in between a bunch of private clubs, like a uh, North Hempstead Country Club, Deepdale, Plandome, uh, Fresh Meadows. Uh, the, the courses across the, the uh, sand that I mentioned, it was like Engineers Country Club, North Shore Country Club. So we're right in the heart of it. Uh, but the public courses around here, like our greens fees could be anywhere from uh, $40 to $120, depending on what day it is, what time of the day. Some of the other public courses the the New York City Parks Department courses the 
the state parks department courses like Beth Page. If you're a resident of New York, New York State, New York City, it's obviously going to be much cheaper. Right. So it just depends. But it could be like anywhere from, I'd say, $30, $35 to like $100, $150. Wow. And some of the places like Ferry Point are going to be even higher. Huh. How many golf courses did Beth Page have? They got five or six there? Yeah, there's, yeah. there's uh, obviously there's black and then there's red. And then yellow, blue, green, so five courses. So I played and, the black and I played the red. And I think I like the red better. I was just going to say the same thing. Uh, a lot of people like red better. I think it's just because black, obviously, it's difficult. It's well known. It's the most famous one. It's it's just long, too. So uh, yeah, I think is. red is yeah red is a great course that is a little bit more with uh, us normal people uh, in terms of distance. Do you have to walk and all of them, or is it just the black? Black people? you have to walk. Black you have to walk, but the others you can you can get a, a cart. Okay. What's what's the thought process there again? Just to eliminate the average. Hey, let's let's try this and tear the course up. Kind of you know jeans and t shirt kind of guys. You know, to be honest with you. That's a great question. I think it's just more the, the the stuff that people just driving the carts all over the place, the potential damage that could occur. Yeah. Right. So that's part of it. Uh, because I think I think uh, we New Yorkers, we we like the fact that it's a grind just to even get a tea time at Beth Page. Yeah. You know, everyone's always complaining about the the Beth Page tea time system and and uh, how they have to be in the parking lot, sleep in the parking lot, like they're getting concert tickets and stuff. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, that's almost part of the the, the local charm of it. It's yeah. it, uh, the fact that you were able to survive all of that and still get a tea time. Yeah, you've and accomplished then on top of something, it, man. And then, of course, you got, you got like some 25, 30 handicaps that are playing on Bethpage Black, which means, you know, five and a half, six and a half hour rounds. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that, that's all part of the uh, the joy, <laughs> <laughs> man. Um, that and uh, being on Long Island and stuff, it's a pretty sandy base that those clubs, the golf courses are built on, isn't it? Some of them, actually, mine, Harbor, mine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I own it. <laughs> uh, uh, the one I work at, it, it's built on the old sand mines of Long Island, and. Okay. The the story goes. There's actually a monument on the side of our executive course that uh, commemorates the land, the, the, the sand mine there. And I think um, at one point back in the day, when everything was built in concrete, I believe uh, I think the about eighty percent of Manhattan was the cement used was built was used from the sand mines that we're built on. And I think the stat also is ninety three percent of the Empire State Building is built on from the sand at uh, from our golf course. Oh, very cool. Because I know down in South Carolina, wild dunes down at the Isle of Palms or yep. on the way to the mm-hmm. Isle of Palms. Um, yeah. When I lived down there, there was a big talk that they the USGA wanted to have the U.S. Open at wild dunes. And the owner was just like, no. He said, I, I can't have <laughs> thousands of people trampling over my golf course. It's built on sand. What part of dunes do you not understand? Yeah. And uh, he just wouldn't wouldn't let it happen, man. Yeah, it's interesting over the years just finding out some of the things that the uh, the maintenance guys have to go through just because we're we're built on a on a, a sand mine. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things, too, that most golfers don't take into consideration when they're complaining about how much it costs to play there. Yeah. Is, is how much how much trouble, which equates to how much cost it is to keep a course up and running. Yeah, it's it's like sometimes I tell people like Jeff's been there, as he mentioned, our driving range is about 370 yards long. It's a full driving range. You can hit mm-hmm. drivers with no problem. And our teaching area is on the on the south side of the range, and the, the the golfers practice on the north side. Right. And so sometimes I bring when when I've got students on the putting green, I tell them about it costs us more money to take care of this one practice green than it does the entire driving range. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because the it's driving range. Crazy. Yeah, you just just pick up the balls and mow the grass, right? Greens greens are. That's- it's, That's it's, when the grass is growing on the range. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a golf course that they held a Ryder Cup on that was basically sand dunes, the Whistling Straits. Yeah, yeah that's I've been true. up there. Yeah. I've been up there a few times, and I was there for the Ryder Cup last time it was there. And it was nothing but gigantic grass-covered sand dunes. And I can't believe all the, all the people walking every place. I can't believe all the, all the, the bleachers and everything that were up there. And I'm wondering what that thing looked like when they took it all down. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, it, looked, it looked like the original sand mines. <laughs> yeah, I bet it did. I bet Probably it did. did. Hey, speaking of, of, of greens fees, did, have you read, I just got a thing a couple of days ago, the, uh, the wind golf course out in Las Vegas. I forget the name of it, but it's yeah. the one they've been playing all of, you know, the matches on and stuff. Uh, ra- raising the rates again. It's it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be a thousand bucks now for eighteen holes. <laughs> so, so think well, of that the next time you complain about paying forty five or fifty five for where you're playing. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Well, I think you know I think they're just hitting the high rollers, right? They're getting yeah. out and doing that. Hey, I they just like, need twenty twenty people a day. That's all. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. That's it. That's all they need. Yeah. You know they don't care. And there's 20 people out there every day that are willing yep. to do that. Yeah. And yeah. That's just, I, that's just crazy. It is crazy. I mean, there's, there's I guess people have their, their uh, priorities. It would not be one of mine. But, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. So that's, that's again. And, and um, cause what, what triggered that in my head was a, a guy that used to run a golf course here in town was from New Mexico and he ran courses out in New Mexico. And he was telling me they, they, they paid you know, almost half a million dollars a year just for water. Yeah. And, you know, and they had, they had an irrigation system and they had to drill two very deep wells and the irrigation system, the electric bill was again, almost a half a million dollars. Yeah, I, I know that the, the uh, superintendent was telling me it, it cost them about sixty sixty five thousand dollars just to maintain the the front area of the range uh, because it's grass and mm-hmm. it's like a nice fairway grass. So the customers would be able to go out and hit balls off the grass there on occasion. So just that one strip of land that's about twenty five yards wide. And probably about seventy-five yards long is sixty thousand dollars of maintenance a year. And I bet you still he still twinges every time somebody digs up a divot the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> so. And in fact, in, 
In fact, this is the first year they actually decided not to maintain it because for that reason, it's, it's when it is available, nobody comes out. It's ironic. People are like, when can we hit off the grass? And then we open it up for people to hit off the grass and nobody comes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, so he's just like, there's no reason to spend $60,000 manicuring it if no one's going to use it. Exactly right. James Hong so. is our guest. Jeff Smith is here. I am here. Together, we are, of course, those weekend golf guys, and uh, we're going to hang out. We're going to come back. Why don't you hang out, too? Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home, and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-500-2021. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-500-2021. 800-500-2021. That's 800-500-2021. And we are back, those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton, Jeff Smith, still out in Colorado, winding down his season, his summer season. I am. It is getting a little slow. Right? So the- Usually about second week of September. This is my second year out here, second week of September. The rounds go down, I don't know, 25 players a day. But yet, I'm still teaching six hours a day. I guess most of of your clientele then are summer people. Yeah, they're just rolling in from wherever. You know, I got a a lot of folks from Florida. Got a lot of folks from Memphis. Got a lot of folks from New York. Yeah. Uh, got a lot of folks from uh, Southern California. Got a lot of folks from uh, Scottsdale that are members at the club. I even got a guy from Minnesota. They come out for, you know, two and a half months. Yeah. They get away from the heat. Got a lot of people from Texas. They are running and hiding from the (laughs) ridiculous heat down there. Exactly. But right at the end of the ridiculous heat, they go back, not because school starts, but because of football season starts. Oh, yes. Got TCU guys. You got University of Texas guys. We got University of Houston guys. It's football season, baby. And those, uh, and, they're all about it. So they're all over it like white on rice. But you know what? Speaking of college football season, uh-huh. we're in Colorado and there's a whole lot going on out here now. Prime time is in the mountains. And I'm telling you, um, just the other day, I had uh, I left to go to Seattle at 6 o'clock on Saturday morning. I went out to see my granddaughter. Hey, congrats. Thank you. And um, all I could see was Colorado Buffalo people at the hotels. Uh They had everything on. They were going to flood that place. I got there the night before, and all I saw was uh, was that. And I I was at a hotel by the airport, and that thing's 40 minutes away from the stadium. Uh And that's the closest they could get hotel. This place is just (laughs) rocking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also, it was yesterday. I'm just glad that um, because we record this, of course, um, 
in uh, yesterday. I'm glad that you were still in Colorado and not able to go to Indianapolis to watch your beloved Hoosiers uh, be defeated by the University of Louisville football team. So I didn't know you even had a football team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, Mr. Basketball Guy. Somebody told me the other day that it's now football season, which means that a team that doesn't even know I exist is going to dictate my mood for the next 16 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, even pro football, it's like, how about them Jets? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry about Mr. Rogers, but- man. Mr. Rogers got taken out for the season after on the first play Monday night. What? Somewhere, somewhere I'd have it written down somewhere just for posterity. I said when they signed Rogers, I think what's the over under <laughs> how long he lasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you had one play, you made it. Anything over that, and you're done. But oh boy. Yeah. I didn't even hear that. I was traveling back yesterday. Yep, fourth play of the game. Yeah. Achilles, really? Achilles. Yep. Got tackled won. Achilles Achilles tendon, Achilles tear, I think. Old men playing football. Yeah. They still yeah. won though. That's not bad. It was yeah, actually an know. exciting game, yeah. Yeah. So but anyhow, we're the golf guys. <laughs> we gotta get back into uh into golf here. Oh um, what what? <laughs> <laughs> When's Ryder Cup happen? Soon, isn't it? Coming. Yeah. Coming soon. You know, you think we'd know that stuff, but we don't pay attention to professional golf on this show. So yeah, I know we don't, but but there are some things that surpass the tour. And I think the Ryder Cup is one of them. I know the the Solheim Mm -hmm. Cup is gonna happen soon over there in Spain. Yep. And um but but the Ryder Cup is just so fun. The thing that gets me though, again, is talking about weather. I mean, it happens in the fall in Europe, in places that are you know interesting geographic question. If you start in Portland, Maine, and draw a line due east across the Atlantic, do you know where in Europe you hit? No, Lisbon, Portugal. Yeah. Portland, Maine is considered to be far north in the United States. Portugal is, is like Southern Europe. You, you play in Ireland or Scotland or England at this time of year. You're up close to the Arctic Circle, man. Well, I got ridiculous. news for you, right? I played it at Royal Dornock a few times, right? Yeah. In Scotland. And you are three hours from the Arctic Circle. That's not far, man. That is not far. So mm-hmm. go there in July. Because mm-hmm. if you go there now, it's a little chilly. <laughs> yeah. And it gets dark early. It does. Yeah. But boy, let me tell you, in, in July, it does not. I mean, you play until uh-huh. 10, 11 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just sit there and look at it and you're like, can you imagine? How about being in the golf business? Right. So James and I are in the golf business. Could you imagine? Like you're still teaching golf eight, nine, eight, nine o'clock at night, and it's still bright daylight out. You can still see your golf balls flying with no problem. Yep. I mean, we're teaching eight, nine o'clock at night, and it's dark over here. We're doing it inside mm-hmm. or under the lights or something. Right. Yeah. Like, come on, man. You'd never get, I mean, you got people 
you got people want lessons at 6 a.m. I'd be like, uh, no. There's no, there's a there's a strong premium charged for people who want lessons at 6 a.m. Is there not? I'm starting to think that I'm going to start changing my rates based on time of day. Yeah. Right. And, and James, you, day and what day? <laughs> and what day, day of the week? Yeah, yeah you alluded to that too in, in the last. <laughs> James, you, you alluded to that in the last segment too about how the the greens fees at your course vary depending on time of day. Yep. There are there are uh, apps that that are used by golf courses now that have variable rates based on how many people are playing, how how long ago they made that tee time, right, um, and all kinds of things, man, aren't there? Yeah, it's kind of like getting an airline ticket, I guess. Uh, if you get it early, it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's, it's like. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like I know I know at our course we have like of course the the morning rates, the uh the afternoon rates, the the uh twilight rates, early twilight rates, uh all kinds of stuff like and then and then uh, the unofficial get as many holes in as you can before we call you back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you, charge, do you charge by the hole with that one? <laughs> that would be funny. It's 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 funny. We were we were just it's just like what Jeff said. We were shaking our heads a few weeks ago when we're looking at the first tee and there's still people going out at seven 30 mm. it's and, yeah. and they're paying whatever the fee is 30, $40. And it's, and you just stand there and you kind of like, how many holes is this guy going to get in? And yeah, it's not, or it's not even a guy. It's like a foursome. And it's, it's not even just stragglers coming in. It's they're on the tee box hitting and there's another group waiting for them to tee oh. off. That's on the putting green. there waiting. And then there's another group in the pit getting their car, getting their bags on the carts and it's wow. like seven thirty. man so, that's that's hardcore man james yeah. have you considered changing your lesson rates based on time of day yeah i've thought about it time of day um it'd be interesting to see how that flies i mean i know i know in my area because everyone is very uh, and this is not meant to be an insult. It's very 1980s in their way of thinking. So it's still kind of half hour lesson, one hour lesson. When you introduce things like uh, group practice plans, they yeah. they're like, "What is what is that? What is it? Oh, I've never heard of this." Or mm -hmm. if you if you run a clinic or a golf school, they automatically think, "Oh, that's for beginners. That's for that's for women. That's for kids. That's for seniors. That's not for me because I play." Right. Uh, you know, we have a couple of leagues here uh, that we've gone up to them and said, yeah, you know, we, we run this uh, we run this program every every Friday mornings. Uh, you'd be perfect for it. Oh, no, no, no. Because, you know, I play all the time. And it's like so they're already thinking it's like, oh, that's that's you, you, it's almost like they took it as an insult. Uh, uh, yeah. That that you would even imply that. No, what are you talking about? I play all the time. I'm a good player. It's like, well, yeah. So are some of the people in this clinic. Yeah. Right. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm saying you would be perfect for this. You would learn a lot from it. No, 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 no. Cause I know uh, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or it's like, no, no, no. Good players take private lessons. They, they don't, they don't take part in, in, in group things. Yeah. Well, I see have you ever, that. I have see you ever that. heard of uh, IMG? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> hey, you guys find yeah. that most of the quote unquote good players that come to you, come to you for one specific thing. I mean, it's like, yes. Okay. 
Yeah. Yes. So the the I notice that the ego of a player allows him to only ask like I only got one problem. I, I don't have two problems because no, I'm I'm good at all those other things. I only got one little issue. All right. Well, let's let's take a quick break and talk about all those problems when we come right back. Someone wasn't watching the clock. It's me. All right. We got those weekend golf guys. We will be right back. Well, of course, we have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash golf guys. Go there and follow us. Like us, please. If your company stayed open during COVID, I have some great news for you. Government funds are available to reward companies who stayed open during the challenging time. Now, this is not a loan and you do not have to pay it back. Your hard work to stay open could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at covidpayment.com. You heard that correct, up to $26,000 per employee. This program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the tax experts at covidpayment.com. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work and share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify including those who took PPP loans. If you have five or more employees, let covidpayment.com help get you up to $26,000 per employee. Visit covidpayment.com. That's covidpayment.com. covidpayment.com. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. And of course, if you have a question that you want us to answer or a specific problem you think Jeff can fix on the show, ask it's that simple. Jeff at thoseweekendgolfguys.com. And we are back, Those Weekend Golf Guys. John Ashton in the studio. Jeff Smith out in Colorado. James Hong up in Long Island. Do you, first question is, do you get people who consider themselves to be good players that you look at and go, yeah, right? Well, we have a different scale. Kind of like when we hear somebody says they hit one 300. Mm-hmm. James and I are already thinking, well, the rest of us are using yards as a measurement. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> right. That kind of thing. Right. What airport runway did you land that on? Right. <laughs> what I see in, in a lot of the good players, they come and they, they'll admit one little thing, right? And say, okay, I kind of lost this. The rest of it's really good though. But that this is the only reason that I'm shooting 85. Mm-hmm. This is it. Mm-hmm. There's one thing. It's not many things. Mm-hmm. Certainly it isn't their short game. We know it's never their short game. Oh, no. No, chipping no. and putting. Got that down, man. Yeah. Yeah. My putting's pretty good. No, I'm a pretty yeah. good putter. Yeah. Pretty good putter. Yeah. Are you? Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's the ego of the player, right? The longer they've played, the more they think they know what it is. You can tell. James knows this. John, you know this. You've heard people. You've even been this guy at one point in your past. The ball gets struck, it goes somewhere, some way, and quickly their right arm reaches right behind their back, right between the cheeks, and pulls out the reason that it happened. That's where we all store our excuses. Yes, sir. That's right. The excuse factory back there, right? So like a closet, you know, and everything that comes out of the closet seems to be the same thing. But, you know, they they always seem to to pull that reason out because they for sure know what it was. Oh, I did this. Yeah. Oh, I did that. <laughs> I topped it. I pulled it. Right. Usually falls into that stupid family of, I didn't stay down on it, came up out of it or 
yeah. you know, I stood up or whatever. I have this thing that I do for all those people that think that they're standing up out of the shot and that's why they hit it thin. As I watch them and I say, okay, I'm going to make a swing and I want you to watch me actually raise my posture, raise my head, but yet I want you to listen to this club head actually touch the ground. And I will do that. My arms will extend the club down, take a little chunk of turf, and they'll watch me raise up. And I'll say, kind of blows that theory right out of the right out of the water, doesn't it? Here's what we got. That, that club didn't touch the ground primarily because your arms were not going down at it. You weren't mm-hmm. sending the club all the way to the bottom. Your job is to do one thing and one thing only. I'll put a T in the ground all the way down so that just the little head of the T is sticking out. I say, okay, go get it. And it'll take them three swings. And then they'll go get it. And then they'll realize what it feels like. And then I'll put two in the ground. The first one is right dead in the middle and the other one's two inches in front of it. And then once they get the two of those out of there, now I'll put a ball back down there. And next thing you know, they're hitting balls great. And then I'm like, did guess you didn't come up out of that one. Huh? Anybody ever take that iron they're using to uh, practice hitting those balls and, and threaten you with it with the sarcasm, man? As a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't just me. Okay, great. I'm glad to know that. Wasn't just you. No, but there's, there's so much truth in the fact that they make things up. And it's always the good players. The longer they've played, the more they're so sure of themselves. And anything that they hear that's to the contrary is what James and I know, and we all understand, is the, the, the term cognitive dissonance. They're not willing to listen to anything that's not already in their head. Yeah. They've created some truth in their head. Whether or not that's anything based in fact or not is irrelevant. Exactly. They don't want to hear it. Yeah. But yet they came to us to to fix the problem. And so we solved the problem. Then they kind of look at us like, okay, I get it. But then they never admit to having any more problem until they're still shooting 85. And we've solved the problem that they said caused the 85. Yeah. And I go up to them yeah. after their, in the last couple rounds and go, hey, I hit the ball. I'm hitting it great. So you're still shooting the same number? Because, yeah, still doing the same thing. I'm like, you're not still doing the same thing. You just said you're hitting it great. <laughs> yeah. Why don't, we go, why don't we go to the golf course and let's go find out? So that's where they get exposed is I will take them on the golf course and I will see where they're throwing away more shots. And believe me, it is somewhere between the decision-making and the short game that just kills most golfers. They do things. And I just look at them like, what are you thinking? Why would you bother to even pull that club out of your bag, knowing where that thing's about to land? (laughs) You're just, you're just setting yourself up for the hardest next shot you can. So it just, it's crazy. And you know, the high school boys are about, they're about just as bad. I would think they'd be worse because now, high school boys know everything, man. Now, so do guys. Look, okay. They're, they're, look, I'm amazed. I'm, I, I know that James deals with this all the time. I'm amazed that, that how many, Bad decisions are made by male golfers. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The more they play, the more the dumb the decisions they make. Boys just think they can like knock a hole through that tree right there. Exactly. You know, they're just that dumb. Yeah. But the men still think that they can hit it 30 yards further than they actually can. Yeah. And, and they're and that dumb. Play I played with a guy the other day who uh had was was in the rough on the left hand side of the fairway and he had a, a tree in in a direct line, right in a direct line to the pin. So of course he knew he would be able to aim a little bit to the right and just curve it around the tree. He knew he could do that. Uh-huh. He'd never done that before in his life. 
he had no idea how to do it, but he's seen it done and that's what he was going to do. So <laughs> his third shot was from the trees on the right-hand side of the fairway. Because <laughs> <laughs> it didn't curve at all. Yeah, you, usually those circumstances, I just say, well, you get an A for effort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You know, and, and I suggest, I said, why don't you just hit a knockdown under the branches and just get it back out into the short grass closer to the green and go from there. No, oh, I can get it on. No, you can't. You know, I got $10. Not with that club. Can't do that, you know? Not with that club. Yeah. But again, James, I mean, James, yep. do you find that the dumber the player is on the golf course, the more obstinate he is or resistant to teaching he is when you're on the range and you're, you're talking to him? Yeah, and I think sometimes the way around that is just, you know, it's the typical, it's the old make them think it was their idea all along. Mm-hmm. And it's... There's a, it's just like Jeff saying, it's like, oh, I know what my problem is. My problem is this, this, this. And then if you start kind of being antagonistic and going like, no, it's not, you know, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, your problem really is this. And it's kind of, then it's always going to be this back and forth because the minute your solution doesn't work, it becomes, see, I told you, I, you're, you're wrong. I told you I knew what my problem is. See, your solution doesn't work. But if, 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 you, if they give you their, like, yeah, my problem is I pick my head up. And you, you you just kind of go with it and go, well, I see what you mean there, but you know, I think what you meant was that y- your your eyes are doing this, right? Because that's what's happening. Your eyes are doing this. So I understand what you mean by picking your head up, right? And it's 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 like so yeah. So I think what you need to do is, and and all of a sudden it kind of just flows past the fact that you're implying no, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> This is what's happening. And then because then once once they hit a good one or once they feel like they're getting better, it's like, yeah, 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 that's right. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah, you're right. That's what yeah. I meant. Yeah. All right. And it, so it's if you can, it's like I said, if it's make it seem like it's their idea all along, then, you, you know, you're kind of padding the ego, so to speak. Yeah. Make them say something you can agree with. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I'll just give those people a challenge. Say, hey, all right, so let's clear our heads of this kind of stuff, right? Let's forget about what we think the reason is. Let's just go get this job done right here. Yeah. Take this club and make this happen. No matter what, just take this club and make this happen. And all of a sudden, then we can get past the what they think it is because they've already created this idea in their head, whatever it is. We'll say, okay, let's put that aside. Let's forget reasons. Let's let's talk about it this way. Here's what has to get done. If I put my hands on the club in this manner, these things can get done. For example, I need the club to get uh, down through the thick rough on a short game shot. And I'll say, okay, we don't have to hit this ball hard. It doesn't have to go very far. It's only a 30-yard shot out of this thick rough, but we do have to get the bottom of this club below this golf ball or it cannot come up. So I said, what kind of grip would you put on the club to make sure that that club got down to the bottom of the golf ball? Would it be more under the club or on the side of the club or more on top of the club? If the head had to be 
got down below the ball. And they all sit there and figure it out real quick. And they go, oh, I'll put it more on top. That pushes it down more. I said, okay, let's try that. And next thing you know, it works. And they look at me like, okay. Like, so why don't we just say we're doing this because it's a specialty shot, which means we got to change something to get the specialty shot done. And next thing you know, I've changed something in their whole way of thinking. And they're open to any idea after that. Yeah, but you made them think it. Yeah. So yeah. you did exactly what James was saying. You made them feel like it was their idea to begin with. We yes. got more, and that's more if, ways. And that's if they're not very obstinate to begin with. Yeah, more ways to figure yeah, out and, what your teacher really thinks of you. <laughs> and we and it's, right it's, back. I, yeah. Hang on. We are this weekend golf guys. Don't you go away. We hear that a lot at chickendinnercasino.com because we have so many winners. That's because we have so many ways to win, including slots, blackjack, poker, and more. Of course, you can step into our sports book and bet on any sport, including college football, the NFL, and Major League Baseball with some of the best bonuses around. But don't take my word for it. Hey, this is Ricky Williams, former Heisman Trophy winner and all-pro NFL running back. Hey, this is Ryan Sandberg, Chicago Cubs Baseball Hall of Famer, number 23 retired. Hey, guys, it's Brad Sham. I am the radio voice of the Dallas Cowboys. Be a winner by playing chickendinnercasino.com. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. You can be a winner by playing today at chickendinnercasino.com. And our listeners get special offers. Just go to chickendinnercasino.com slash sports. That's chickendinnercasino.com slash sports and you could be a winner winner today we are those weekend golf guys and we are back for another uh, 10 or 11 minutes or so then you can go out and, and be much better score better we have two teachers with us par excellence we've got of course mr jeff smith who hangs out here every week because he has nothing better to do nicely because he's contractually obligated and james hong who is a, a friend of Jeff's and uh, one of the better teachers in the country. And he is up there in Long Island. If you're anywhere around Long Island, what course you at, James? I'm at Harbor Links Golf Course in Port Washington, New York. There you go. So if you're in New York and you need some help, grab your clubs, slip them on the subway and head on out to Long Island. That's going to be the, the toughest part of playing golf in New York, man. Getting your equipment to the golf course. Yeah, we're, we're actually lucky in that um, people can jump on the Long Island Railroad which which is a little bit of a better ride than the New York subway system. Yeah. And the Port Washington Long Island Railroad station is about 10 minutes from the golf course. It's a oh, quick cool. ride by cab. You just jump in a cab and you'll be here in like five, 10 minutes, depending on the traffic. Right. Sounds good. So basically, if if you have only one problem, you're wrong, is, is the consensus <laughs> of opinion here. <laughs> it's like, rare. Yeah, we were like we were talking is that they'll come up with something like the example was, uh, you know, I don't keep my head down. Mm -hmm. And then you're working on something, you're getting them to move correctly or better. And then they hit a really good shot and they go, oh, I kept my head down on that one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's that's a moment where you can kind of like, all right, so you weren't listening, <laughs> number one. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we can we can start to have an argument here about no, don't keep your head down or that's not what you're doing. Or it might be a good, good time. As I mentioned, to stroke the ego and go like, well, you know what you did? You did really well there is <laughs> you did what we were working on. Mm. 
and be like, oh, I did. Yeah. You see, you, you your eyes just followed the ball out. You, you kind of loosened up your movement. You didn't you weren't so locked down into staring at the grass after you were hitting the ball. Your, your eyes just followed out much better there. And oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could feel that. I could feel that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And, you know, you're just very casually taking the idea of, no, it's not keep your head down. It's, it's something else. Yeah. So what for the guys that, and you know, you mentioned about the guys who are adamant about it. I mean, because that's something that has been beaten into us for a very long time, you know, is stay down, keep your head down, you know, keep your head still, what, whatever. And, and suddenly I'm supposed to forget that. You know, John, I got this to say to you. I know this show has nothing to do with professional golf, but I'm going to bring it up. Okay. Have you ever watched golf on television? No, never. Never. It's Have you ever watched the fact that it's free-flowing motion and every yeah. single player yeah. doesn't stay anywhere and they don't keep any body part anywhere? Yeah. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. But yet here we are beating this one thing into people's heads, or the, not James and I, but the, the the populace out there keeps barfing out the same thing. Right. They've done it for decades. Yeah. And um, like, doesn't that fly in the face of what you see on your television screen every day? Is that nobody stays anywhere, keeps any body part anywhere? Yeah. yeah so, I, think, I think, I think it's more ignorance than anything else. And it's, they don't know what they don't know. And, a lot of times what I'll say in the lesson is exactly what Jeff's saying. It's, it's, it's like, do you watch golf? It's like now, you know, because before they didn't know what they were supposed to be looking for or they didn't pay attention to it. Now yeah. I'll say, hey, when you watch the Ryder Cup next week or when you watch this tournament next week or this weekend, notice how many men or women are doing this. And they'll come back and like, you know, now that you mention it, you're right. I saw all of these people doing this and doing that, and I didn't even notice it before. So yeah. sometimes it's just nothing more than that. And also on my phone, I have videos of six or seven players where you could see clearly there there there's some movement going on. There's freedom of motion, and yeah. and they're not doing what what these people think they're supposed to be doing. And does that ever come back to bite you when they start emulating somebody specific that they watch on TV? Going, oh, I saw. I saw Justin Thomas do it this way, man. Maybe I should try doing it that way. Not really, because to me, that's like, oh, so you were paying attention at least. So it might be, I might point out that, well, that's a great person to follow for specific things, but may not be the person you want to copy just simply because he's 30 years old and as wiry as, (laughs) as a tree limb and you're you're, you know, 67 and you're 300 pounds and, <laughs> yeah, or, 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 you know, something to that effect. It's like, I'll say like, yeah, you built differently. Yeah. I might, I might give them someone to watch who's similar to what they look like or how they move. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, so, so we're joking around, but I might say something like, you know, who's a good player to watch is Shane Lowry. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause he's got the same body type as, as you have. But look at how much how much freedom of movement he still has in his in his body, right? And in his swing, right? And and that's that's a good thing. Or it's like you know somebody's got a flying elbow in their backswing. It's like that might not necessarily be a bad thing. It's like look at all these players in the history of golf who have a flying elbow. 
flying right elbow in the backswing, including Jack Nicholas. And it's like, I think it seemed to work for them. So uh, yeah. you know, it's Shane you know, maybe it's another just, example of that too. Yeah. yeah. Just doing a couple of quick assessments. Well, of course you can't have a, you can't keep your elbow down because you can't do this motion adequately right. enough. Your shoulder doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Guess what? No wonder you've been fighting that losing battle forever. Stop fighting it. You have to understand that's who you are and what's going to happen. Yeah. And just learn to adapt. Jeff brought out earlier about the point of like, I only have one thing wrong. And sometimes you get that guy that's who was like trying so hard to keep their elbow in there Mm -hmm. down. And then you point out like every time you try and do that on the downswing, you're pulling up and back. And then all of a sudden you go like, yeah, you know, I do that all the time. It's like, oh, so you told me you had one problem, but now you're telling me you have two problems. <laughs> and, 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 oh, it turns into five problems. Oh, and can we get another lesson on my chipping, by the way, because I keep hitting it fat. And, yeah. You know, oh, so by the way. Once, it, once you send one domino flying, the, the, you know, hopefully all of the others start to come down too. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I, you know, I, you start talking to these players and they always tell you they only got one problem. And I, I, you know, and I'll ask him two questions and it'll tell me which way I need to go with him real fast. And I'll ask, you know, tell me, you know, what's uh, what's your average proximity to the hole in regulation? That tells me whether I'm going down the ball striking road mm-hmm. or then I want to know what's the average length of their second putt, which means I'm going down the putting road. <laughs> right. Right. Because. You know, when they say, yeah, yeah I'd leave myself four or five feet, my bull, if they're saying they're leaving themselves four or five feet, it's probably they'll leave themselves eight feet. Yeah. 15 feet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Number, number plus 10. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're like, come on. Please. I don't mind buying that. Yeah. Yeah. I hit it 300. <laughs> number <Yeah>. minus 35. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I just, I look at that and I think, how do I figure out what's the right way to help the player? And the first is, is to solve the problem they came to solve. And as soon as I do that, then it's start asking them questions about other parts by showing them. I find out, I show them, Hey, show me how you hit the shot like this. When I know darn well, they don't have that shot because I watch their action, their full swing. Let's say that they couldn't draw a ball to save their life. Okay. So I said, show me how you draw this, how you hit a curveball to the left that you can control. I said, go hit one that curves 10 yards to the left. And there's no chance. I said, you want me to show you how to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got to do that. Because they're admitting it right there in front of you when they can't pull it off. Right. But next thing you know, you're like, okay, here's why. Here's what you need to get done. And next thing you know, you're close to being out of time. You, you wet their whistle on that. You book the next thing. And, you know, next thing you, you start attacking that other thing and then you do it again. And then next thing you know, they've opened up and they've got from lesson number one to lesson number two, they're now admitting they got like five or six different things mm-hmm. that they thought everything was just fine. Yeah. And then that's when they say, do you have a volume discount? <laughs> Well, yeah, and that's that's the thing because money is always an issue for people, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's when you introduce the 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 I you know when I change somebody's game completely and for the better, I call it the metamorphosis myth package, right? (laughs) Metamorphosis myth. 
Yeah. Gotcha. Well, maybe next week we can tackle how to hit a ball, how to draw it 10 yards to the left. Uh, but right now we, we are out of time. Just keep listening, please. You can check us out anytime at thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Uh, James Hong, uh, again, where are you at? In New at Harbor Golf Course, Fort Washington, yeah. New York, Long Island. Fort Washington, New York, Long Island. Jeff Smith out at uh, for a few weeks yet in Colorado at um, Walcott, Colorado, Eagle Springs Golf Club. And I'm just stuck right here in this little studio just talking a good game. Take it easy, but uh, do pay attention and admit you have more than one problem and you can maybe break 80 the next time you go out to play some golf. <laughs> <laughs>